Keeping It Real and Raw with Patrick Tremont. Hi, everybody. Today, I am interviewing a wonderful guy with an incredible resume. He is an actor, a voice actor, a stand-up comedian, a music and radio uh, programmer and personality, and now he's in the beauty business, and he's got a fantastic journey and a man who wears many hats and also a friend. It's Mark Landis. Good morning, Mark. How Hello. are you? How are you? I'm actually great. I don't want to say morning because for me, I'm already drinking a cocktail. So, uh, oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh I'm having a little uh, Tio's and uh, cranberry juice here, oh. and and uh, the beautiful streets on the Upper West Side of New York in Manhattan. So. Oh my God! See, okay. First of all, I've never been to New York. Can you believe that? I've I've never. Oh wow. Yeah, I've never been to New York, and my spouse wants to take me, and I'm like, okay, I must do all the touristy shit, but I also, also want to eat at some of the best places. So I'm going to have to hit you up later for some great hot spots and where to get kind of get some good cocktails. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm you saying? You know, everybody, yeah, everybody, New York is so many different neighborhoods, and we uh, we lived in the Tribeca area for a while, um, which was cool because we had really – Really cool neighbors like uh, Taylor Swift and you know Robert De Niro and uh, Jay Z lived there and it's a really uh, cool neighborhood. But oh. uh, now we're we decided to move up to the Upper West Side, which is a little more neighborhoody feeling. Right. And uh, you know there as I'm I'm here I'm a block and a half from my street and um, you know it's just it's more uh, just restaurant 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 outdoor bars it, just tons of things you know four comedy clubs within a couple blocks. Uh, in the, within our blocks, and then my my next door neighbor here is a uh, uh, is is a character actor you've seen in a million things, and uh, since Richard Kind, he's been in a, a million different things, and he was in Toy Story, and boy, you'd know him right away when you saw him on television. But oh, yeah. so we have actors. That, you you do run into celebrities all the time when you're here. So yeah. So what do you? It's, it's kind of cool. Do you do all that kind of you know celebrity stuff like let's take a photo, or you just kind of wave and say hi? No, I don't. Just, I don't generally do that. <laughs> right. Because it's it's I kind don't, of yeah. well, I guess like in New York, it's kind of you know what I mean. They, there's celebrity, there's celebrities all all over New York, so it's probably like no big deal to a New Yorker, right? To see well, it. it's not, and you know, it's it's they say this, you know, because we lived in L.A. too for a couple of years, and so when when you're in L.A. and New York, the, the the rule of thumb is if they you think they're a celebrity, there's a good chance that you're probably right because there's so many that live here. Wow. So like you know, we, we were we were in a little. Uh, Irish pub in Chinatown and literally we're sitting right next to Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> and, oh yeah, my God. Yeah. Like, so he was just kind of hanging out and drinking and I would, I mean, I mean, of course I'd probably get starstruck cause we don't get that o over here in our, in, in my parts. I'd be like, you know, but I'd play it cool. You know what I mean? <laughs> I wouldn't want to be one of those, um, those, uh, celebrity stalkers and trying to take selfies and all that. Cause they'd be like, so turned off by that. I'm sure. But I tell you yeah, what, they just, yeah. well, I mean, what a wonderful life and experiences you've had. I mean, you know, you've done pretty much everything, but I want to kind of get into stand up comedy. Really? God, yeah, that's where I started. Actually, I started. I started in stand-up, um, uh, doing uh, doing comedy. It was like I I was uh, you know started I started out going to amateur nights and then worked my way up and then was touring doing yeah. co you know touring comedy, and that led to acting and I ended up doing a a variety. I did a, several movies and I did uh, some television shows and um, I actually had to make a, a that point in my career, my voice acting had taken off a lot and. 
and and radio had taken off a lot and i had to make a decision because i had a friend of mine that was uh, an actor on all my children and mm-hmm. he was like he was like moved to texas i mean i was in texas because moved to new york and you can stay with me and come like do it for real here in new york right sorry, the street <laughs> so <laughs> and new york I, I was young and i was scared i was like god do i go to new york you know i'm young 20s i don't know anybody and you know, or I could take the safe route and, you know, I could do radio and right. it's like, ah, you know, I had offers and I was like, okay. And I just honestly was scared to do it. And so I, I just kept being a voice actor and didn't move to do more plays and Broadway and that kind of stuff. So, right. but you know, you, you make certain decisions and you end up where you end up in life. And yeah. Well, what, that's what happens. What is it like? Really? Like they always say, like, and you know, when you see it on TV and you hear comedians talk about getting heckled and all that stuff, did, did any of that happen to you or did you ever witness oh, that of course, kind of stuff? Of course. No, of course. They, they heckle all the time. People get drunk. They heckle. People get drunk and they get annoying and they, they think they're funnier than you are. And they try to show you up and it just happens, you know, it, right. it depends on where you are, but you know, you're doing that. That life of a stand-up comic is is a tough life. It's not a ton of money until you make it really, really big doing it. Right. Uh, and it's a lot of touring is a lot of going to smaller cities uh, around the country. And mm-hmm. there's there's three of you. There's an opening act, which is the MC, a middle guy, uh, which does uh, you know the oh. MC comes on, does about 20 minutes, and then you keep coming back and introducing everybody. The middle guy usually does about 30, 35 minutes, and then the the headliner does 45 minutes or so. And so, and it's, you know, you usually do two shows a night, do an early show and a later show, a lot of comedy clubs around the country. Right. And then you're in, you're in crappy hotels and, you know, eating (laughs) freaking crappy food. And it's, um, it's not a fun thing, but you know, you learn and you learn, you learn your craft. And that's the most important thing is how to be good. Right. At what you're doing. Because it's an art, and you have to learn timing, mm-hmm. and you have to learn how to set up the premises of jokes and how to do callbacks and all these different things when it comes to comedy. It's And a lot of testing stuff out. You know, you'll be testing new things out you've written and uh, see if it works. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. And you, you, you pick through to build a good set of stuff, you know? Well, did you write your own material, or did you have oh, writers? Of course. Of course. No, yeah. no, I wrote all that. And I've always been pretty quick, and that's what helped me when I was in radio, and I did morning radio forever. It was... I was very quick. So it was like one of the things I did very well on the radio was on the phones. I could answer the phones and be very, very fast comedically because right. I'm really, I'm pretty quick with quick, comedy. Quick with it. You know, yeah. Yeah. And the, and the comedy, but you know, I hear like Bill Maher and a lot of the older comedians they talk about now, they say, you know, com- comedy today is tougher because especially with younger people, because they get so offended by everything. So oh, yes. when, you know, it's a joke and you know, you get offended. Well, it's supposed to offend you. It's a joke. It's a joke. And so, you know, that's what you're, that's what it's supposed to be. And it's supposed to be using, you know, using stereotypical things or uh, mm-hmm. fallacies to make people look at a subject and laugh at ourselves. That's what it's supposed to be. Exactly. And so of course, yeah, I wrote a lot of stuff that I wrote a lot of stuff that would never fly today. <laughs> yeah, I, oh, I can imagine. I mean, look at the yeah, will and, and what it was at the will and Jada thing. How did you? What did you? What was your opinion about that? Since we're talking about you know jokes, do you think that Chris Rock was that was that offensive, or do you think it was just taken too serious? Uh, not at all offensive. I think the, the villain in that whole thing was Jada. She's evil, mm-hmm. and Will Smith was laughing at it until she gave him that look, mm-hmm. and like you know. 
I love Ricky Gervais and Ricky Gervais had the best line about the whole thing. He said, he said, I would not have made fun of Jada's haircut. I would have made fun of her 19 year old boyfriend. Oh, <laughs> that's what I would have made. Fun oh, of. I love Ricky and Gervais. So, He's great. Yeah. And he just, you know, the great thing about Ricky Gervais is he doesn't care. He just doesn't care he doesn't. what you think. He doesn't care if you're offended. He's yeah. blatantly atheist and doesn't care if you're offended by that or not. Right. He's going to make you think about things and question things. And he, he just doesn't care. Well, and some... you like him or not. And he, I, we love him. He's amazing. Afterlife on, uh, on Netflix was one of the most brilliant shows. And, and we just, oh, we yeah. laughed. We cried. It was unbelievably good. And see, like, I mean, I'm thinking, like, you know, he is very funny. And I've seen him a lot of, you know, movies and stuff like that. So I like him as well. And he really does not care. And I think that's what, I think it's the beauty about it. Because you kind of have to laugh at yourself, especially whenever people are doing those roast you know, and oh, some, some people cannot handle it, you know, to be roasted. And then some people, you know, just take the punches. But it's really all in good fun when you watch those roasts. So, you know, but um, but yeah, I, was, I think, it, you know, I think it, what you're saying is exactly right. And one of the one of the guys, you know, Chris Rock was on the few of the roasts. And, and sadly, the comedy lost another great this week. Uh, Gilbert Gottfried, you know, died. This oh, yeah, I'm actually I saw that. I'm actually friends with his wife, Dara, who's just been in the music business. And oh, so. Okay. Uh, it was really sad to see, but you know, it was. I laughed and I was so happy to see that. I don't know if you saw, but the very last tweet that Gilbert Godfrey did this week, because mm -hmm. he was really good friends with Chris Rock. Yeah. And it was a picture of him with Chris Rock, and he said, "What's the bigger crime?" He said, "Will Smith." He, he said, "Chris Rock getting punched, or him telling a joke." Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Even even on his deathbed going out, he was still got one more he shot. He still in. had one <laughs> more like, shot I, in. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he he was amazing. He was he really was. Uh -huh. But I was kind of wondering too now, voice actor. Okay. So tell me about that. Like you how did you get how does someone get into voice acting and how do you know what to choose and what not to choose, you know, as far as, you know, uh doing the character or the voice acting with that? Well, voice acting, you know, is is a broad range of things so like you know if you go to i don't know if you had a chance you know if you go to my like my voice actor page which is marklandisvoice.com yes. you can literally hear all the different or not even all of them but some of the genres of voice acting and so a voice actor in some of those genres encompasses things like the beginning of my thing is which is national television promos so when you go to my first demo on there you'll hear all the different promos and stuff that i've done for for television national television and and um and what that sounds like so yeah there's a different there's a different personality and a different read type that i do for each thing depending on what kind of thing it is so like i did a lot of uh, i still do i abc television i have a lot of i do abc television almost every day and i anywhere in the world i'm at i can just do it and i just i have a thousand dollar microphone in my house and my stuff and i can send it anywhere so i've actually pulled over in mcdonald's parking lots and done things oh, wow. for television because that's a little hidden trick mcdonald has free wi-fi so you can pick it up in the parking lot so you can do <laughs> you could do an audio clip and send it with their wi-fi oh my god so, that's so amazing yeah yeah it's it, brilliant yeah so, it's like pick up uh, a happy meal and get some free wi-fi and, and then you'll hear me you know promote yeah. all of my stuff you know that's yeah. awesome yeah so yeah so like when you go through like when you go through the different like 
even on the demo things, I have, I used to call it, my friends would call it, say, do your Disney happy read, right? That, you know, ABC would want sometimes. And I did a lot of the daytime, like when you're watching TV, at, you know, on the earlier things, like when you see what's coming on tonight, be like, you know, tonight, an all new modern family. That's my Disney happy sounding, you know, oh. tonight on Blackish. You know, it's like boom, boom. But then you have to change, like, and then also if you listen on there, you hear me drop down, get ominous, and it's, you know, you know, Stranger Things only on Netflix. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, you're, dropping your, you're dropping your octave, right. and you have to know how to do it. But I've also done four video games. I have all these characters. I do a really great Russian character, like Call of Duty type game, so I have really great um, Russian. And it was so funny, the, that process of trying to find that, that accent. Yeah. Uh, when I first did it, it was so funny, and, and I can cuss on here, right? Oh, of course, <laughs> absolutely. Okay. okay, so like this is a humorous story. This is the way I literally found that voice for that character for this Russian. I was playing this Russian colonel right. in this video game, and so like I had to find the right accent and character. And the way I found it was I just started playing with words, and I said, okay, if I put the word like Coca Cola and just shorten that, call it Coke, and like if you're a grocery bag. Uh, you know, you bag up the grocers or you sack them. Yeah. You put those two words together, Coke and Sacker. And so I, I said, that's where I started with, oh, you want a Coke Sacker? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, there's the accent. <laughs> that's the accent that I need uh, to play Russian. You to play Russian. Russian. You want a Coke Sacker. <laughs> so, I love it. So, oh yeah, my so God. it's like that was the that was the accent that I needed to get that character to play the Russian mobster, actually Colonel in this position. But yeah. the, um, in the video game, I've done a bunch of, yeah. Yeah. And I've done other video games where I was like this, I was this like witch doctor. Uh, that was just like a bird and it was like, and I had this character voice and I'm like, now witch doctor is here. <laughs> and it was like this weird <laughs> character voice stuff that I did, but I have a character voice thing where I like go through and I have like 20 different voices and you can't even tell it's all me. Because right. I can do so many different voices, and I've been doing that since I was a kid. I would, when I was a kid, I would do voices all the time, and my friends all go, "You should do. You're going to be in television or movies or something someday." It's like, yeah, your lips to God's ears, <laughs> <laughs> right? And then, lo and behold, here you are. Yeah, yeah here that is amazing. Okay, so now you as an actor. Now, uh, what I is there movies to your credit? Is there TV shows? Oh my God! Or? Yeah, that did. I did a lot of things like. Back in the 80s and 90s, I did a lot of things like that, like in the late, uh, mostly 80s, because I was doing a lot of the acting stuff. Yeah. And so um, movies, they used to do TV, like shows of, they were doing movies of the week. They were doing different networks. There was a, there was a thing called Houston Nights that was on a CBS that was a detective series. Oh, I, yes. I was on that. And then one of my worst, oh my God, when I was on the radio, somebody actually went out and found this. I never talked about this because... I did a nude scene in this movie and I didn't want to ever like talk about this, but it was it, this horrible movie that I did at yeah. the time. And I, I always say I was young and needed the money and it was so <laughs> bad. And okay. I played one of these stupid, it was a stupid, like, I don't know, beach movies. It was called computer beach party. And it was awful. Computer and, oh, beach party. party. And it was so bad. <laughs> and, like, Just the, the title. Was, it was so awful. Yeah. yeah, and we're halfway through the shoot, and someone tells us we're sitting around waiting. We're halfway through, and someone actually says to us, you know, this is the director. He's very excited. This is his first non-porno movie. Oh, cool. 
<laughs> oh I'm my glad, god i'm glad i got cast in it it's yes awesome. <laughs> well i'm trying to wonder like the title alone you know what i'm saying like computer beach party <laughs> you it know was stupid it was just you know teenagers you know car things on the beach okay finding well, the girl getting the girl just it was just awful it was just awful, awful. it was written horribly now you know I'm gonna, you know i'm gonna have to google this right you know i'm gonna have to yeah. find <laughs> Yeah, you know, people, I thought we destroyed all the copies, but here, but here's the kicker. So, what happened was when you do a movie, there's a thing that's called looping. Yeah. When you do a movie, right? right. Looping is what they do when they come back around after the shooting is all done, mm-hmm. and they go, okay, in this scene, this scene, and this scenes, and there's several scenes that come up, and you get to say, okay, the audio we thought was going to be great in that scene, but we had this background thing happen or that happened, and we need the audio to be picked up because we need the scene. So right. you do what's called looping. You go in a studio, you watch yourself, and then you mimic your voice over yourself, and they lay that over the thing. It's called looping, right? Right. So they, the standard rate at that time was like $500 a day or something to do looping. And so I, the offer that they, my agent came back at the time and said, they will give you uh, 50 bucks, and you can sleep on the director's couch. And I'm like, I'm not doing that shit. You need to go get a better deal. So the director decided, okay. And what's funny is he, he went and got somebody else to loop my voice through the whole thing. So it's me, but somebody else is doing my voice. Oh my and God. so the, the one guy in the entire cast that has made more money with his voice is redone. <laughs> and I'm like, Dude. and so... So now picture me the first time I ever see a finished copy of this. Yeah. We go, my friend rents it, and we go home to watch it. And I'm like, oh, my God, I don't think I'm even drunk enough to watch this. The first scene I come up in, and the line was something like, what's the matter? You know, something happened to your car, these guys, you know. And whoever did me, way over-exaggerated. So it was like, <laughs> what's the matter? Somebody messed up your car. And I was like, oh, my God. And I'm like, who the hell is overdubbing me that sounds like that? <laughs> right. That is hilarious because, oh, my God. I, I'm, what, it what was ridiculous. Sure? Yeah, I would have been, like, floored. I've been So did you know that they were going to actually loop someone else's voice to you? No, I didn't no? know that until that oh. my, my agent told me that they went ahead and, they went uh, ahead and used somebody it. else. Oh, my God. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> whatever. Uh. Oh, oh my God, that is that's priceless. Well, I'm sure. But that... I did, you know, through the voice thing, I did so many. I did so many. Uh, you know, I was known also for concert commercials. I did so many concert commercials. Yeah. Uh, for for and that's also my demo when you go through and you listen to them. But like, there's a lot there. I did, you know, like I like my first tour was I did literally the first MTV concert tour that had Millie Vanilli, Paula Abdul, and all that. So I was oh, I did the entire God. tour for that. That's my first one. The last tour I did was Pitbull and Enrique. So, uh, and I've done Taylor Swift and, you know. Well, the uh, Pitbull and Enrique Enrique just happened like just months ago. What? Yeah. Well, a few years, a couple years ago. We did, I did the the first time I did the tour. And so that's also on the demo when you hear it, but it's like, I, so when you do the tour, you get the whole country. Yeah. And so, which is great because you only really, you just do the base of everything and then you just come back and do the cities. You know, yeah. so you do the base of the thing and then you go, okay, now we're going to run through the city. So, you know, you know, you go just Tuesday, Dallas, you know, reunion arena or, you know, boom, you know, yeah. Beaumont, whatever, you know, you, you go through the cities and you just put in the dates. Right. Uh, oh, I and, see. And then they, they put it in. So, and it's, it's a lot of money to do. 
entire tour. So it's well, that, that's good. That's always good money. But I mean, what, what about what about they're doing like you know a hundred shows? You have to go through each city. You're going to do like, mm-hmm. oh, my God. Oh, yeah. How long does that take? Probably doesn't take too long. Uh, but Well, no, you're doing it over several days uh, and actually probably weeks when you're doing an entire tour because they're yeah. also picking up. They book more legs of the tour, and so right. you get more. And then they come up and go, oh, okay, we just booked Canada. So, so you're you like. Know, or whatever, and you're doing Canada shows or you're, you know, they, are they, oh, we're going to go back to the West Coast and add these yeah. dates or something. And so okay. you're you're doing you're, you're doing a pick, you're doing a thing, you know, every time. So, right. Well, tell me if I do this good. So let me, let me act like I'm going to do Toronto tonight in Toronto, Madonna. Does that sound too? <laughs> Did that well, sound I would too? Pause. You, if you want to, you know, if you, you I call, it's called dramatic effect, right? You want to go like tonight in Toronto, Madonna. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's like, boom, boom. I, oh. I love how you get that. It's it's almost gravelly, but not like gravel. You know what I'm saying? It's like tonight, Madonna in Toronto. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. That's my gravelly, sexy voice. I call it. Oh, is that what it is? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love it. Voice. So that's it, the gravelly, sexy voice. Okay. Yeah. Like, so if you listen, like, in the end of the demo, if you go, like, that was, you know, tonight on the Americans. You know, <laughs> that's yes. the gravelly, sexy voice. Okay, we're going to so, call it that. Okay, I've heard all your stuff on TV, and I and and some of it I didn't even realize it was you. So that's amazing right, yeah. because you do, you know, have different pitches and everything, like you were saying. But wow, man! Oh, so oh yeah, I have even friends say all of those are you, and I'm like, yeah, that's all. <laughs> yeah, that is amazing. It really is. So of course that led you into the music and radio industry, and you know, you were a programmer and all this. So. I mean, I'm sure you probably met a lot of interesting people, you know, and uh, a lot of different celebrities. I know that, you know, you've mentioned before Brittany and Justin before they they became really famous and big. Is there anything, you know, crazy about that? Maybe their remember their blue jean outfit that they wore, that infamous blue jean outfit combo when they were dating. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. And they've done so many, you know, so that so, yeah, radio led me to RCA Records. Right. So RCA Records hired me uh, originally to be the uh, Southwest Regional Director of Promotion. So I was based out of Dallas, and I was responsible for Texas, Oklahoma, Arkansas, Louisiana, New Mexico. That's how I started. So I had about 220 radio stations I was responsible for to get airplay on, yeah. and every format except urban and country. So I was at RCA during a golden time when we had at our disposal, we had just signed um, – we had just signed NSYNC, Christina Aguilera. Uh, we had Dave Matthews Band, The Calling, The Strokes, Vertical Horizon, uh, Tyrese. I've known Tyrese since he first started the actor. Wow. Uh, we had all, you know, we had uh, the Wu-Tang Clan. We had ZZ Top. We had just a hit after hit after hit, the Foo Fighters. We had hit after hit after hit. And, and I got to know a lot of these, of these people, working with them a lot. And I got to know Timberlake. And the, Timberlake was 16 when we signed him. And so... Um, and Brittany was also starting out. And so uh, I remember walking in San Antonio. We were in the Alamo Dome before the show. And I was walking and uh, almost got ran over in a golf cart because Justin was driving his golf cart. And Brittany was straddling his lap. And they were kind of making out while they were. he was driving. And he almost ran he almost ran me over. So at the last second, he was like, Mark, look out. And I like, I jumped up on the car. I was like, thanks a lot. He almost killed me. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great memories. You know, a yeah, lot of great you know, stuff. They had, they had the, I think instinct is probably one of my best things because when we started out with them, yeah. they were rehearsing so much and they were so talented 
we played a teen club in Austin, Texas on a Tuesday night, and 16 people showed up. 16 people showed up to see them. And they were so depressed. They were so depressed and so heartbroken. And we went to dinner that night. And they were like, this sucks. This is awful. In Europe, we're already a big thing. Here, nobody knows us. It's awful. We're doing something wrong. And, I'm, and I said, look, guys. I said, I said, look, here's the deal. You guys just started here. You guys are incredible. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep your head down, your eye on the ball. Let us do our job, and we will make you stars. We will make sure that they know who you are here. Just give us a, give us a moment. I said, but remember this night. No matter how big you get, Remember what it feels like to play for 16 people in a teen club and nobody cares. Mm -hmm. That's what you have to remember when you get big so you don't get the big hit. And so like literally, literally fast forward, maybe 16 months, maybe 15 months, fast forward. And we were backstage and they're about ready to, we're about ready to walk uh, out on stage and um, to play. And so we're backstage and they're playing lifestyle video games and everything else in their dress area. It's amazing. And JC came over to me and he goes, Mark, he goes, I want to thank you. He says, I remember what you told us like that long ago when we played that crappy team club with nobody there. And he goes, I think about that every day. He goes, I just want to thank you guys for working so hard to get us to where we are. And I said, I said, dude, I said, when I'm laying in my swimming pool and floating around with the waterfall and the, ro- and the rocks and everything mm-hmm. in my beautiful house that I paid for with my bonus check from NSYNC. <laughs> I said, <laughs> right? I said, thank you. <laughs> so, they, they, that, year, that year, they did $200 million for us. So it was like, I wow. said, uh, thank you. And then they literally walked out on stage at Texas Stadium to play for 110,000 people. Isn't that amazing? So, yeah, it was phenomenal. And so they, they worked their ass off and, and they deserved everything they ever got. Yep. Well, I'll tell you what, I was always an NSYNC fan compared to Backstreet Boys. Nothing against them guys because they're talented too. But, you know, I've always loved NSYNC. I, I think they're just incredible dancers and singers and they really know how to sell it. You know, besides the dancing and singing, you kind of have to act a little bit too. You know, they knew how to, to finger point and look and wink and, you know, they just had it all down. They really did. Yeah, and they, and they they because they worked very hard. I mean, people never see what what it takes for artists true to become truly to become stars. Yeah, and and thankfully RCA was smart enough that you know when you have that that big of a following with young boys and or girls and boys and whatever, mm-hmm. there's all types of things that could go wrong to derail that project right right and especially girls want to go backstage and then all of a sudden something happens or it was alleged to have happened mm-hmm. and rca wanted no part of that ever happening to the money machine right so they had bodyguards that were bigger than the line of the dallas cowboys so they had six big gigantic guys that everything was unbelievably organized no one ever got backstage after hours where they weren't supposed to be. It was a backstage meet and greet and it was all organized, set up and organized by me and their security and everything ran flawlessly. And there was no problem or no hint of any allegations because those guys were there to do a job and then rehearse and go to the next city. And that was their job. So, uh, and they, they did, they, they, they weren't doing any kind of, you know, messing around with doing what they weren't supposed to do. They were focused, you know, and I remember them saying, we were at, we were at a uh, the next night after the team club we were at a Malibu Grand Prix go kart track in Houston, and we're in the manager's office. Manager's office that was the dressing room. The manager's office, and so 
they were in there and we're about to go again and play for like 40 people. But they're like, hey, Mark, check this out. We're working on this stuff. And they all just, in the manager, they start like snapping their fingers and start singing harmony. And they started singing, you know, they started singing BG songs in harmony and doing remixes of them with all of them singing. And I was like, that's so cool. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, we're thinking about doing this on the American Music Awards because they had they were going to perform on that. Oh, wow. And so, yeah. And so it was so funny that literally fast forward like two months later and I saw them do that on American Music Awards. And I was like, that's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> see, that is. Yeah. Oh, incredibly see, talented. Yeah, incredibly talented. Now, Brittany, now, wasn't she like, well, she was a, a, a money-making machine, too, for RCA, wasn't she? Didn't she rehearse well, a she lot? Actually was and... a, she was on our sister label, which was called Jive, uh, but she was a money-maker. And, yeah, Brittany was incredibly talented, very meek. Um, same with Christina Aguilera. You know, Christina Aguilera was incredibly talented, too. I think if She's you look at just pipes. talent for talent, yeah. yeah, talent for talent, Christina can out-sing her. Right. But Brittany had more snap and more, more, uh, uh, just a marketable. She knew what she was doing. Yeah. Yeah. She she knew what she was doing. Christina was just more pure, raw talent and incredible voice. Mm -hmm. But that year, that year, in sync made us 200 million. Christina made us a hundred million. So, and then we all, we also had Lou Bega Mambo number five made us 50 million for one song. So, and then, then all the other things So we were making bank, uh, at that time period. And yeah, so, uh, it was a good time to be there. <laughs> so, uh, well, I, I, well, exactly. So, I'm kind of wondering now, out of the NSYNC boys, what do you think is? What, which one do you feel, in your opinion, is like the more um, grown up? You know, the more mature one. You know, that had really a head on his shoulders for, you know, the the, um, you know, the craft of it. You know, that really cared about the business side of it. Who do you think? Well, I mean, you know, it's kind of unfair uh, comparison because at the time, Chris was 28. Yeah. And Justin was 16. So it was, it was a big difference, but everybody in their own way contributed differently. Yeah. Joey Fatone, amazing guy, unbelievably nice. And, you know, he's doing things on Broadway here in New York. He's got restaurants now. He does a lot of things with practical jokers. Yeah. He's really, really, he's a really nice guy. Everybody was really nice. Yeah. The only one that was completely in his own world was Justin. And I told him from the beginning, I said, you better sign Justin to an individual deal because he is going to be an absolute superstar because I could see it every show and everything. I said, he's a superstar. And I remember just sitting with him, he and I playing basketball. We were waiting to do something. We we're just playing basketball, shooting hoops. And he's talking to me and he's like, check this out. He was so excited. He's a kid. He goes, I just bought this new hundred thousand dollar Rolex diamond covered watch. I'm like, Oh, that's oh, cool. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And I joked him and I said, okay, so now maybe you're going to buy me dinner. Right. So it looks like Justin was probably already in that headspace of like, you know, he just knew what his talent was, but they were all talented and they're all super nice. So I, you're right. I mean, yeah. they, they, everybody contributes in their own way, but you know, was there really a rivalry between Brittany and, and Christina, in your opinion, or was that just people trying to do that for publicity? Nah, it was just more publicity stuff. I mean, I think that maybe a bit, but not that, not much. I mean, they're all doing their own thing. Yeah. You know, everybody, everybody's concerned about the thing. And here's the thing I tell people, because I have, I can't tell you how many people, how many musicians ask me today, still today, mm-hmm. will ask me, how do I get signed from a record label? Or if they're already on a label, how do we continue to go? When I was at RCA, all the all the bands, every time they're with me, how do we keep it going? How do we keep it going? Right. And everybody, everybody outside of the label, up until today, asked me the same question. Oh, I'm a musician. How do I get signed? And yeah. it's three magic. It's three magic words every single time. Write, hit records. 
period. Right. Yep. You have to have hits. If you don't write hit records, you're not going to get signed. Because what I tell them is, no matter how artsy and everything you want to be, that's great. You want to be an artist, that's great. It's called music business for a reason. Right. Because it's business. It's about making money. And they're spending a lot of money to promote you and craft you into a star. You have to return the business end of it and sell records to yeah. make money. Okay, well, well, with that, then how do you see somebody like that gets on the internet and they're just like like Justin Bieber started off on YouTube, right? So, how, well, that was brilliant. I but, think. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, so, like, how does someone do that? Like, did someone discover him like that and say, "Okay, I mean, was he writing his own material at the time, or he just somebody just saw that he was marketable and just took him in?" Is that how that works? Or? Yeah, absolutely. Not so much writing his own material, but they saw he was marketable and Usher. Usher and I think JT also saw him. Justin Timberlake and Usher recognized him immediately right. uh, as somebody that could that could do something. And that's how he kind of took off. But YouTube is a great example because a lot of people couldn't get noticed by the record companies. We have, we have new technologies now, YouTube, TikTok, you name it. They're opening the doors for a lot of new people to say, hey, notice me. Right. And that's, that's a good thing. No matter what kind of an artist you are, it yeah. allows you more platforms to get noticed, which is a good thing for everyone. Yeah. So, Absolutely. I mean, it's, mm -hmm. it, it's amazing out there what social media and all those things can do for, you know, an artist now, you know, it's, yeah, and some absolutely. people even argue the point, like you don't even have to be talented anymore. Cause I hear this a lot from, you know, different people having opinions. You don't have to have, you don't have to have talent anymore because they can, if, if you're marketable, they can actually just pull you now and, and make you into something they can, you know, change up your look. They can, they can, you know, do the, you know, the, uh, uh the, what do you call it when you're. Uh, the mixing boards and all that to do your voice and oh, they can the make you sound good. Yes, the auto tune. The they auto -tune. Can make, yeah, they can make you sound good. I, they can do all this. What it, I mean, seriously, since you've had such a strong background in the music industry and you've been there and you've, you've seen it all, I mean, when somebody says something like that, I mean, is that a real thing or, 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 you know, do they really do that? Or is that a, you know, or is that just somebody just saying that, you know, um, yes and anybody, no. anybody can be a star. Well, yes and no. In the pop world, more so. And they, they will absolutely, in every genre of entertainment, will take and remake your image because they need to make an image that they can sell. So they're going to clean right. you up. They're going to style you. They're going to take great pictures. They're going to airbrush them. They're going to make you look desirable to the mass audience. Now, right. when it comes to talent, in the pop world, they do auto-tune a lot of people that can't sing to save their life, mm -hmm. but, are but are not talented enough that they get a lot of people interested in it. I can tell you from my experience that country singers, just by pure talent, can sing far better than pop singers because they sing naturally. And they it. don't need auto-tune. And they have some of the most beautiful voices that are known. Country singers are just much more natural singers, and they don't use auto-tune. They're, they're very talented people I, yeah I but totally not to it. say that everybody in pop is also cannot sing because they certainly can but there are a lot more people getting auto-tuned in pop than there are in country well i mean i absolutely love a lot of country music and i love a lot of country artists and i know exactly what you're saying because i think that a lot of people do get auto-tuned and so and kind of going back as you mentioned millie vanilli do you think they didn't get a fair break because if you think about it now if millie vanilli was doing what they were doing back then now would they even be in trouble, you know, when they had to give away oh, the well, Grammy? Well, yeah, because they weren't actually doing any singing. It was just all, like, lip syncing. 
Yeah. They, you know, they never, they, it, yeah, that was just kind of a thing that they invented and yeah. I don't know. It is what it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it I is know. What it is. It's kind of sad, but you know, but it is what it is. And they were not really doing the stuff, but for some reason I thought they did sing it, but then they didn't. Right. So then, no, they didn't right. sing. Okay. Good Lord. That's a lot right there. You know, <laughs> you know, yeah. but uh, that's the music biz, I guess. But now I'm yeah. gonna, I want to switch gears here because now you've got uh, a beauty brand called Mini Manny yeah. Moo, right? Yeah. And uh, yes, we so do. I am so curious about that because um, you sent me this cute little, uh, I think you call it Moo Baby. And, uh, and yeah, the a, Moo Baby. Yeah, it's a cute little uh, miniature uh, pink cow, and it's so cute. And I absolutely stuff, love it. It's a little stuffed pink cow, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh my God, I love it because I'm putting it in my studio now. We will forever be here. And, you know, so I, I absolutely love it. Thank you so much. And um, and also, too, I am uh, I have the elixir on. It's like, um, oh, yeah. Oh, my God. It's it's absolutely wonderful. It's the cuticle and hand elixir. And it smells 24 karat gold. I elixir. know. Yeah. <laughs> when, when I when I when I got it and I looked at it, I was like, oh, my God, there's gold flakes in this. I don't ever, Yeah, real oh, ones. <laughs> yes, this is amazing. So I absolutely love it, and it smells absolutely fabulous. I just want to let you know that. But now, what got you, what kind of got you into that business? After all this entertainment business, you've done everything. So now you get into the beauty business. How did that happen? Well, that happened because I have a brilliant wife, and I will give her all the credit for that. So uh, this started in 2014 when I actually I was fired my last Last time I actually worked for a company was 2014, and I got fired after 12 years of working for that company because I did not make it through the fourth sale of that radio group. I was the vice president of programming for seven radio stations, and um, I didn't make it through the fourth sale. I was hired by CBS originally, and then the fourth buyer 12 years later was like, okay, this guy's way to make, make way too much money, and it's not worth it. We're going to let him go. And so they they basically called me in unceremoniously and said, okay, we're going to let you go. We'll give you three months pay, and you're gone. Oh, wow. And I said, okay, it's the business. It is what it is. Okay, cool. And so I started looking for more uh, that. Thank God at the time I still was doing all my voice acting, and uh, I was actually in the middle of doing video games at that time. So I was like, uh, okay, cool. I was doing In that very time, I was doing – two video games and i was also doing uh, a big thing in israel for a a new uh, like apartment development complex in israel i was voicing oh <laughs> so wow I was, well, I was a little busy <laughs> yeah well, and, I, well, well hold on a second i'm kind of curious how does someone in israel pick you up you know to do voice acting like are you putting yourself uh, like you're just advertising yourself out there to get out there like you know no, they're, 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 people find out about you through agents or whatever and like so oh, you know, okay. people reach out to you and you know if you like i said you go to my site it, you, you listen to all the things a lot of things i've done and then you you reach out to me or right. you know agents or that kind of thing and yeah. and then they see if uh, i want to do it and I then if i do it so on the israel thing i literally did it over zoom uh yeah. And just did a direct microphone feedback to them, and we did it over like a Zoom thing. And I, they could, the director, I remember it was like I was so frustrated because he had me say one line. I think I said it probably 150 times. It was one line. And I was like, "Are you <laughs> kidding me, dude? How many more times can I give you this one line?" Right. But um, anyway, it paid well. It was it. We did it. But so, uh, 2014, November 2014, I tell my wife, "Okay, not sure what we're gonna do." I can do this, just do voice acting and just do the acting thing and we'll be fine. 
And she literally the next morning and said, I couldn't sleep all night. I woke up, I have a million dollar idea. And I'm like, okay, what? And she goes, well, I can't paint my nails for shit. I mess them up every time. So I invented this thing last night when I couldn't sleep. And, you know, I, I explained this to my guy friends that don't understand this because I never knew anything about nails or anything. So like, if you're going to paint a window, you tape off around the window so it doesn't mm -hmm. get on the window. She invented a liquid latex tape that goes around your nail. It's a pink latex that goes around your nail. And so if you paint outside of your nail, it goes on our product and you just peel the mess around your finger and there's no mess on your finger. Wow. So it's called, it's called mess no more. And so she invented that in the end of 2014 and she bought some bottles like uh, lip gloss bottles and she went to Staples and got her some, some little uh, labels. And she goes, I'm going to sell some of these. I'm going to fill these by hand. And I'm going to sell them on eBay to see if anybody buys them. I was yeah. like, oh, okay, cool. And so I wasn't even paying attention. Right. And so, oh, I sold 15 last night. All right. And then it was, oh, I sold 25 last night. Oh, wow. Okay. I'm sell I sold 100 last night. I'm like, wow. And I said, okay, look, we need to form a business because this, this might be something. Tell me what you're doing again because I, yeah. <laughs> right. I wasn't even paying attention. Yeah. And so I said, we need a name. And so she goes through and she said, Minnie Manny Moo. She goes, Minnie like small, Manny like manicure, Moo like a little cow. She designed the logo. She didn't know. She was a model and television star in Mexico City and Latin America. Oh. So she had never done anything with beauty at yeah. all. And so she didn't know anything about websites or any of this stuff or how to create social media. She taught herself everything. She built wow. the, she created the logo. She took all the pictures. She did all the videos. She, she built the website. She did all the marketing. Yeah. And her and I, at that time period, her and I filled bottles of that one product by hand on our coffee table for seven months and sold on the internet. And we wow. did 800, we did $850,000 in sales in the first year. That is amazing. On our, on our coffee table. I, and I... yeah, so that was, well, that was like, wow, we got, at my time, my friends like, oh, you should go on Shark Tank. I'm like, we don't need Shark Tank because- Amazon was our Shark Tank in right. 2015. 2015, that product was the 127th most sold beauty product in the world on Amazon. Yeah, in that's amazing. I mean, so every couple of, every couple of weeks, we were getting checks for 40, 50 grand after their cut. Yeah. Um, in 2015, and we just started building the company. So instead of just being greedy and saying, "Oh, let's take all this money and buy a bunch of stuff with it." We just kept building the company, never taking a dollar. Just build the company, build the company. So fast forward to today from one product only. Yeah. Fast forward to today, we now have over 400 products. And we started in Ulta Beauty. We moved to Sally Beauty's 5,000 stores. We're in HSN. We're in Nordstrom Rack. We're in Forever 21. That's just in the U.S. Uh, yeah, big stores wow. in the U.S. We're all we're actually sold in 20,000 stores in 95 countries. So it, it's booming. That booming. is amazing. So is, and that must be why, because you're selling it worldwide. So I'm thinking, because when I see you on social media, I'm like, there they are. They're in Trinidad. And then a week later, you're in New York. And then, then you're off to Africa. And I'm like, where are they? <laughs> like, how can they do all this traveling? This is amazing, you know, because you are everywhere. And I think it's well, wonderful. You know, we got, we're, 
one of the things we did not know, we learned so much by going into the business, right? So one of the things we did not know was if you're an American company, you cannot put your products in the EU unless a European company sponsors you and puts you in their European portal. Oh, right. I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah. And they charge you a fortune per product and they take about eight months to a year to register you because the Europeans tend to move slow as Christmas. Mm. So what I had an idea a few years ago was we met with a lawyer over there in Europe and I said, hey, I have a question. Could we form our own European company and then import our own products? And she said, sure, as long as you're a legal resident of an EU country. And so my wife and I, when we were living in L.A., became legal residents of Spain and we moved to Madrid. <sighs> so we we formed an import export company in Madrid and wow. we import our own products and we can import our own products or any other American company's products if we want. We can import the way I set the company up. We can also do food, wine. We can own and manage real estate and restaurants and bars. But we own that now. In all, we have we have that legal right in the entire EU to distribute our products. And so that's what we did. And so we have uh, to be legal residents. We live there half the year. So my wife and I actually go back and forth to Madrid, where our apartment in Madrid is. And and we so we back we spend our time between Madrid and Manhattan. Uh, yeah. that we go back and forth every two months, roughly. Uh, and then we travel to the places where we have business deeds. So right. what, what's great for us, because it's legitimate business travel, because we have 500 stores in Paris, we go to Paris. We have, we have you know, a thousand things in England, we go to London. You know, we're, we're sold in Switzerland and Sweden and Norway and Finland, or, you know, or we go to Rome or, we went to we went to Marrakesh for the weekend to see about that market. And so, like, we do a lot of cool sounding stuff yeah. uh, because it's, it's part of the business. And and it's all, you know, it we can do some things that sound really amazing to Americans because it's just it's it's a different. You're so far away, for one. Right. And I can say stuff that sounds like, oh, we went to Marrakesh for the weekend. And my friends go, yeah, as most people do. (laughs) (laughs) I know. That's what I'm saying. When I see you you on social media, I'm like, what the hell? I mean, they're everywhere. It looks like. We don't tell all our secrets, right? So we, in Marrakesh, for example, if you saw the show on Netflix, Inventing Anna, Yes. We stayed at that hotel, which is where she was at, where she got in trouble there. Yeah. But it's, it's it's the number one hotel in the world. Wow. And we stayed there ourselves. And people say, oh, my God, how did you stay there? How expensive was that? And, I say, and we don't tell our cities. Well, first of all, we do everything on American Express. We have, a, at any given time, 1.5 million points on American Express all day long. Right. So we use, we use American Express to do those great upgrade things, to go to these amazing places and do these amazing things. But, again, we yes. have high-end luxury items that we want in those places. So. You know, when we're there, we're talking to them. Hey, could we get some of our products in your number one hotel? (laughs) Right, exactly. We're we're always working. And so what we're doing right now, which is our biggest undertaking to this date, is it has been no secret since we started this thing. We we actually did our first business plan at a bar while we were having some cocktails, and we did it on a bar nap. And I said, we want to do this, 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 and this. And below the line, I said, this is something we won't really talk about with people. Yeah. But this is our end goal. Our end goal was to build a beauty brand that was international and worldwide that had massive social media reach, mm-hmm. or, uh, social, social media reach that have uh, – and like for right now, 
our company has 100,000 Instagram, half a million Facebook, but over 500 million video views on our products worldwide. Amazing. And so since we're all over the world, we already hit that plateau. And so in November, I told my wife, I said, we're not going to ever get to the point where we get to go below the line on our goal because our end goal is to have somebody like L'Oreal or Cody come in and write a billion dollar check for our company. Exactly. And I said, we're not going to get there until we get bigger than skin than, than, than uh, nail products. Yeah. So in November, I said, let's launch skincare. So that's what we're doing right now. We're in the middle. We're seven tenths of the way down the road. We're hoping to launch in July and we're launching full high end luxury skincare lines for both women and men. And they're made and we're calling it curated in the Mediterranean. They're made in Barcelona, Spain, and they're in these big heavy glass bottles and they're beautiful. 11 products for women, nine for men. And my wife is brilliant because many, many moves little pink cow. We needed something for men to complement that. What is the Spanish name for a bull? Toro. So the men's line is called Toro, and it's That's... Toro Cosmeceuticals, which is the fancy name for cosmetics. Toro Cosmeceuticals skincare for all men, and so, you know, and we we've already bought everything, so we have, you know, like when you we'll see a ton of advertising and be Toro skincare. You won't even know it's many many moves because it's buy now at toroskincare.com. Right. It just basically takes you to a landing page on our website that's Toro skincare, where the guys can go in, they can buy their stuff. And then before, when they check out, it'll, it'll pop up. Would you like to buy something for the lady in your life? Here's all the women's products, nail products, skincare products, whatever. Do it now and get this much off. Do it now. Do Add this now and vice versa for the women. Would you like to buy something for the man in your life? So everything to promote direct sales. We're not taking these products to stores like we have everything else. Yeah. But we're going to be just doing direct sales. And we're Amazon drop shipping all over the world. So we're a brand that Am- we're going to actually advertise in the languages of the country. So if you're in France, you'll see the ad on Facebook in French, Italian, German, you know, in Sweden. You will see those ads and then you'll be able to buy it. And then Amazon will deliver in two days to your door. Because Amazon, we just registered. So Amazon's delivering for us in UK, EU, Canada, Mexico, Australia, and Japan. So we're about to, we're about to go a hundred steps into getting towards, uh, heading to where we need to be for L'Oreal to come in and run a fat check. <laughs> yes, I know. It sounds like they will, too. I mean, if I know, I mean, see, not only are y'all uh, attractive and, and brilliant and smart, y'all are genius, you know? So this, I mean, this is amazing. I Come back to the show, though, whenever you get the, you know, the skincare line launched. I'd love to have you yeah. back on here talking about it. No, that's amazing. So, I mean, y'all are everywhere. Yeah, we'll send you. We'll send you some samples as soon as we get them done. We're hoping to. Yes. Yeah, so we're hoping to launch in July. We'll probably have samples by. I hope to God at the end of May because we have to do all. We have agencies in New York here that work for L'Oreal. They work for Mac. They work for Mercedes. Yeah. They do all the creative for. We we get all the stuff to them and they create all these amazing uh, ads in every format because we're. We're actually right now, we advertise on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Hulu. Um, yeah. I think what else? Every, everything known to man, Instagram, we, we, everything we advertise. But the launch on this, our budget that we're launching this with, I think just social media is three to $5,000 per day that oh, we're launching this. Gosh. And so, and on top of that, because where we are, 
I've already designed the ads because we have all these friends of ours that are just amazing looking men from every age, from every ethnicity, and it's skincare for all men. So I'm doing entire ads, and actually I'm gonna be one of the models and the other friends of ours are gonna be, and we're doing the subways of New York where we take over the whole subway, you know, the whole subway cars where it says Toro, skincare for all men. And so we're looking at skin. We're actually, we've already, um, for, for the female line, we've already priced out 75 buses that right. cruise around New York City. Oh, and we've wow. also, we also, we also like in the plan, I said, look, when we get here, we're going to advertise in Times Square because I want to see that pink cow in the middle of Times Square. I said, at that point, that might bring me to tears because how far <laughs> right. we've come to know that we've made it to advertise in Times Square with our little, the little pink cow that could is what we call it. Yeah. Well, I love my little pink cow. Thank you so much. And I love the elixir, too. Where can everybody actually find y'all at what you know like all your social well, media the easiest way is many many m-i-n-i manny m-a-n-i moo like a cow so miniature mini like miniature manny like manicure moo like a cow mini manny moo.com yeah you can't miss it i mean miss it. you go there you'll see all the videos all the stuff the beautiful woman that comes up on there and all the things is my wife she was actually forbes magazine 30 under 30 when we launched wow. this thing and she is absolutely brilliant she was a stunning model, and she is the she, face of the brand. She is gorgeous. And uh, and, and a brilliant lady, and incredibly yes. smart. Yeah, ab yes, Incredibly absolutely. smart. Well, I know that you like to work out, though, so you keep yourself in I do. shape. Yep, I know. I mean, because you're, you're yeah. usually you're, you know, working out and doing everything, and I'm thinking, when do you have time? Like, seriously, <laughs> you know? You know, we do, we do, we do, uh, we work out in the morning a lot. Our time is shifted when we're in Madrid, and we always, we call it, time cheating because in madrid we're six hours ahead of new york so we can wake up we do our all of our workouts we do all of our stuff and then we're having lunch and then new york is finally waking up so right. we're way ahead of the curve when we're in europe over here it's a little different so we you know we still get up in the morning we go take the puppies for a walk the other thing too is we walk and we don't have a car in in the states only in, in europe but when we're in manhattan we we walk eight to ten miles a day right. every day in new york. wow so we walk, we work out, you know, I do, we do a lot of weights and my wife does aerial like Cirque du Soleil stuff. She's incredibly strong and does all that. And, wow. and I work out, I work out pretty hard all the time. Um, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm in, I'm in pretty good shape. I'm sitting here. Yeah. I'm sitting here with a 32 inch waist and, uh, looking pretty buff and uh oh. <laughs> you know, no i know I gotta, right I, you're putting me yeah. to shame because i am not a 32 inch waist but i'm gonna get there though <laughs> you know and my wife still gives me shit she's like because I've, I've got this like it's i can't buy clothes like off the rack we have to have custom because i have like a 48 49 inch chest and big yeah. like 16 inch arms but a 32 inch waist and and she always says yeah every time i say this she goes yeah okay yeah calm down johnny bravo when's leg day because <laughs> she's like you, <laughs> you have this giant chest but you're not doing legs enough get your ass in the gym and do legs <laughs> oh, that is so funny well, <laughs> funny well i just want to tell you don't forget me ever if you ever want company in madrid just let me know you know I'll be yeah glad. we'd love to host you guys you guys come hang out and i'm telling you europe is if you've never been to europe Spain is one of the most amazing places to go vacation. Yeah. It is one of the cheapest. It's one of the cheapest places to go vacation. And why every weekend, every weekend, you know, after and regarding, you know, when the pandemic was before the pandemic and now after the pandemic, every single weekend is packed with everybody from from England, Germany, uh, all over the world, because it's the cheapest spot to come hang out. So 
that's the one thing that's a difference. So like if I sit here right now, we have a glass of wine outside of New York. It's a $20 a glass, right, yeah. for a glass of wine. Over right. there, it's two fifty. What? Beer's See, a dollar. I would never yeah. think that. I really wouldn't. Yeah, wine, wine's two bucks, and you get free tapas, free food with every single round. So, Ooh. and and every and every restaurant gives free shots. So with your what? meal. Oh my. So God. it's a, you can eat unbelievably uh, cheap, and it's a different lifestyle there. So yeah. it's and you don't have to like everything when you pay. It's included. There's no you don't tip everybody because yeah. all the wait staff. All the wait staff and bar staff there are all full-time paid employees yeah. that have full – they have free free health care, free college, and they have a month vacation and 45 paid holidays. So wow. you don't have – they're not living off tips over there. Right. So it's a, it's a different lifestyle. And so – yeah, well, it's a good we lifestyle. Might, Everybody's healthy. Well, we might have to take you up on that visit. I'm sorry, but I'm inviting myself sometime. You yeah, know, you're welcome. Oh my God, it'd be so much fun. So, well, um, I want to tell you, thank you so much for taking your time out from, you know, having a cocktail right there. Well, I guess you're <laughs> during this interview, you've been having a, a cocktail or two. So, yeah, but, and I'm I'm a little jealous. I wish I could be there, but um, anyway. Thank you so much, Mark. I appreciate you coming on here and taking your time out and explaining all this. It's been a great interview and so much fun and so many fascinating stories. So I'd love to have you on again anytime in the future or your beautiful wife. And um, and I want to see um, and hear all about the new skincare line because this elixir that y'all sent me is wonderful. I love it. So I'm, I'm now addicted to it. And I want to... Um, you know, get other future products as well because I'm a nail biter, so I need to do something no, that's going to... Oh, gonna, absolutely. Yeah, so do you have anything yeah. that helps with the nail biting? Not yet, but we'll have to come up with something like that for you. And the next time for sure, once yes. we get out, I'll have my wife talk to you because she has the most amazing accent and it's so sexy. I love it. And she's like, you're making fun of my accent. Like, no, I think it's very no. odd. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> every time every time she tells me she's the, 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 New, York, the New York Yankees against Chicago. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> It's so hot. See, it's so like, hot. You're making fun of me, like, no, it's so hot. You just don't even know. Yes. But like, all all of my friends, they can't. They never could. Play. She grew up in Mexico City, and her father, her, her mother's from Mexico City. Her father's from Milan, Italy. She's half Italian, but yeah. her father was a very wealthy uh, art dealer, and she grew up with private teachers from London and everything. And she has all these. So her accent is very different, and so it doesn't sound Mexican per se. Right. And none of my friends, when we first got together, could ever recognize what they. They all said, "Are you Russian?" They said they can't, they couldn't place where she was from. <laughs> and she would, she would just look at him with his blank stare and says, "Yes, he bought me on the eBay." <laughs> 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 oh my god it'd be my pleasure and my honor to in interview him and interview her next time that'd be great i would yeah, love it i would absolutely love all it right, well thank, thank you, you so, so much, much mark time. all right man thank you you take care i'll talk to you soon uh, okay, okay bye bye, -bye. y'all can hear me on iheart apple and spotify podcast instagram the real patrick tremont and facebook real and raw with patrick tremont it's been my pleasure to to host uh, Mr. Mark Landis, check him out. You'll love his brand, Mini Manny Moo. Once again, thank you, everybody, and have a great day. It's been Real and Raw with Patrick Tremont.